Turn in your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter, chapter 10, verse 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 1. The writer of Ecclesiastes starts off this book talking about life and the vanity of vanities and all the things and all the uh, illustrations that he gives concerning life and what life is worth today. But we want to move over in chapter 10, and there's a very, fam very familiar, maybe a little weird scripture that I want to preach on this morning, and I pray that uh, what we have to say to you this morning will be, will be helpful to you, but I'm really believing and really asking God to disrupt who we are today in Him. See, some of us are in here this morning, and we think we're exactly where we need to be in the walk of Christ, and we're not. Samson thought he was exactly where he needed to be. Samson, Brother Roger, the Bible said he shook himself, and he didn't even know that the presence of God had left him. He thought he was okay. He thought everything was going the way that it needed to go, but yet God's presence was not even with him. And yet so many times, even in 2014, we find ourselves going through the motions of our walk with God. I'm not even going to say going through the motions of church. I'm just talking about going through our relationship with the Lord. But yet we're not where, we're need, where we need to be with God's presence, and we're not where we need to be in our walk and in our relationship with the Lord. Verse 1 makes this statement. It says this, Dead flies putrefy the perfumer's ointment and cause it to give off a foul odor. Everybody say foul odor. So does a little folly to one respected for wisdom and honor. Dead flies putrefy the perfumer's ointment and cause it to give off a foul odor. So does a little folly to one respected for wisdom and honor. I want to speak to you for the next few moments on this thought. Dead flies in the sweet, sweet ointment. Dead flies in the sweet, sweet ointment. I want you to think about this with me real quick right before I preach about the death of a tree. Now I'm not talking about the death of a tree by, this, by, the, by these winds that we've been having and coming over and knocking over a tree. That's not what I'm talking about. What do you think about this? And I want to give you a little story about this tree, this particular tree. It started as a seedling on the slopes of the mountains. And for over a hundred years, this giant tree stood tall against the elements. It had overcome the great and violent storms of life. Lightning strikes did not destroy it, even though it bore the scars of the contest. Winter weather with 60-foot snowfalls and blizzard conditions did not bring it down. Avalanches and rock slides could not destroy it. Though again it bore the scars of the battle for its existence. But what finally destroyed that big, big giant of a tree? A horde of beetles came in and attacked the tree. Little by little, from the inside out, the life of that tree was slowly eaten away as the heart of it was consumed and decayed finally. And finally, after all it endured, that giant of a tree came crashing down and became nothing but a heap of rotten, useless, dead wood in the end. Didn't matter what it could have been. It didn't matter how grand it was. It didn't matter the height of its existence. What mattered most was that at the end, the wood of that tree was fit for nothing and served no purpose at all. Now we know this morning that we may, we may ask this question, well, Pastor, what do dead flies in the ointment and dead tree have in common? 
Both of these little synopses here begin as something very useful. I want you to notice that. But because of the little things that were allowed to become a part of their lives, they became useless for nothing. Little things. I've got a simple message for you today. It's nothing profound. It's nothing that's going to make you shout the house down. But it's something that every one of us need to understand and need to know. There's a lot of folk who begin living for the Lord Jesus Christ. And for a time, they run the race. And they run the race very well. But like Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 7. You ran well, but who hindered you from obeying the truth? Who hindered you from obeying the truth? You go on down in verse 8 and 9 and Paul answers his own questions by saying this. This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. Because a little leaven leavens the whole lump. This isn't just talking about a backslider this morning. But it's about the ones who are drawing back from the call of God that has been placed upon their life. And and to those who have lost their great zeal for the things of God. You see, when most people are first born again, you can just see and feel the excitement from within their hearts. I mean, they're so full of joy of the Lord. They, they, they sense that newfound relationship and that newfound freedom that they have. And, and they can't help telling somebody, Brother Reigns, about what God has done for them and, and how God has came in and gloriously saved their soul and, and saved them from all this kind of stuff and all the junk that they have in their life. And, and, and they, they just can't help from going around and they just beam with the presence of the Lord. Lord. Can I submit to you this morning that every one of us, we need to be exactly like that right there. I don't care if you got saved 20 years ago. I don't care if you got saved 40 years ago. It doesn't matter to me if you got saved 80 years ago. This relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is something that can be experienced every day anew and refreshed every morning when we get up because the Lord Jesus Christ is our great and mighty God. He's our soon coming King. Are we not looking for Jesus when he comes to split the eastern skies? Are we not got our ears tuned in to listen to the trumpet sound? And if that's the God that we're serving this morning, then we need to, more than anything else, shout glory and bless the blesser this morning simply because of who he is and what he means to us in our life and our walk today. But there's a lot of folk that they start out well. Most people are born again. You can just feel that excitement. But after a while, the zeal begins to dim away. And for some, the zeal even goes away. And they may not go right back into that old way of life. They're forsaking the things of God and embracing again the things of the world. And the question comes to mind, what brings that process on? What happens to that individual? How can we go from being so full of the Lord one minute to to down in the dumps and overcome with temptation and sin over the next few years or, or, or decades? And it's all about this scripture that we read this morning. It's all about the dead flies. It's all about that little tree, that, that little beetles that we allow into our hearts. You see, you got to understand something this morning, church, that the road to becoming a precious ointment is laid before as we climb that hill to success. It always begins at the foot of the cross. Thank God for what he done for us on the cross of Calvary. Every one of us has to go by the way of the cross. Thank God. 
God for him stretching his arms out on that old wooden beam and getting the nails pierced in his hands and his feet and that spear in his side. Why, Pastor? Why do you think, why do we want to praise God because of that? Because because of that, I'm able to be here today. Because of that, I'm able to lift up holy hands. Because of that and the blood of Jesus Christ, I'm able to give him praise this morning. Amen. It's at the foot of the cross that Jesus saves us. It's at the foot of the cross that he cleanses us from the smell of death and sin in our life. And when he saved us, he makes us into a pure ointment to be used in winning souls for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, don't lose me this morning. Talking about dead flies and the sweet, sweet ointment. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, do you realize that he's talking about you? You're the ointment. You're the ointment. Here's the thing. The heart and attitude of somebody who is excited and on fire for God is a wonder to behold. I don't know if you, if you realize that, but it's a wonder to behold. I mean, they're contagious. You just want to hang around them. I mean, you get somebody on fire for God, you just want to rub elbows with them, right? I, I don't like being around somebody that's down all the time. I don't like being around somebody that's negative all the time. I don't like being around somebody that gossips all the time. I don't like being around somebody that's going to be negative and, and always have a critical spirit in their relationship, in their walk with the Lord. Amen. Pastor, you preaching to me this morning. Good. I enjoy being around somebody that's excited about the Lord Jesus Christ. I didn't say everything was going all right with them, but they're still on fire for the Lord. I didn't say things is going exactly like they wanted to go, but they're still in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. I didn't say that on their job everything is, is just smooth sailing, Brother Larry, but they're still in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. They may listen to four-letter words all day long, but yet under their breath they're singing, Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Mighty is our God. Why? Because they understand a relationship. They understand that they've got to be on fire for the Lord. And it's contagious. And it's like the apothecary. Apothecary. The expensive perfume that you can find at the best shops. That, that perfumer. That spirit spreads to everybody around them. It's a joy to be around somebody who truly loves the Lord. Best way I can describe this is that some of you women, and even some of you guys, you wear cologne and you wear perfume, some, and some of that stuff really smells good. And, and there's times I'll get around even, matter of fact, there was another, and I don't want y'all think bad about me right here. I was around this guy the other day, and I just happened to shake his hand, and, and Brother Rod, I, I smell, he, I, his fragrance come and hit me in the face. And I said, oh, you smell good. <laughs> it did smell good. I said, what kind of cologne are you wearing? Because I know if I put that on, Karen's going to be all over me. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's always an underlying reason here. And sometimes there's women that I'm, I come across and I shake their hand and they have that perfume and it smells good. And i got to be honest with you, sometimes some of it smells putrefied. It's not real good. It doesn't go with their body chemistry or whatever. But for the most part, it smells good. And that's what we're talking about this morning here. And so when you have somebody that, that smells good of the Lord Jesus Christ, that has that ointment, that, that perfumer's ointment of the Lord Jesus Christ, you cannot help from being around them. You just want to get around all the time. You just want to sniff them all the time because you understand their relationship with the Lord. You understand they found something that don't sell at Walmart. They found something you can't buy off the television. They found something you can't get off the internet, but you get it at an old-fashioned altar, and it's called the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that's just been applied to their soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
<laughs> and when you find that fragrance of their life, you'll understand it spreads like wildfire. And it spreads that with the word of God like a sweet-smelling perfume. It just brings pleasure to everybody that they're around. Repentance. Repentance for sin. And this is, this is what happens. Repentance for sin has filtered out all the things of the world, that foul smell of the world that would destroy the fragrance of the heart. Hello. Forgiveness comes forth to bring peace to everybody that they're around. It's just, a, it's just a good, good feeling to be around a man or a woman of God whose heart has been made pure by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no worry of, of, of pretension. There's no worry of concern that somebody's going to deceive you. They're transparent. They're beautiful as they can be. But as time goes on, if they're not careful, and if you and I are not careful, and the storms of life come, the battle scars begin to accumulate. First, they're the attacks of the enemy and the devil that come to make him or her doubt their salvation. And fear comes in their soul and starts questioning, is it really real? Is the Lord Jesus really real? Is this thing called heaven really real? Is this thing about the, the rapture, is it really going to take place as the word says? And as everybody, you, you start doubting these things. And what you have in your heart, you've got to understand this morning. Let me, let me stop long enough just to tell you, you may be here this morning and you may be doubting a lot of things. But can I tell you? what you have in your heart it's real today the Lord Jesus Christ is real today the cross and the blood is real today it's real it's real thank God it's real I know that it's real it's real in my soul how about you it's real and all of a sudden storms of sickness come scars you know the old tree he, he withstood a lot of storms avalanches snowfoot but he remains standing, but the scars, the battle scars. Let me ask you a question without raising your hands this morning. Some of you have been saved for a long time. How many knows what I'm talking about when I say, but you've, had, you've endured some battle scars along the way? You've endured some battle scars along the way. Maybe it's through finance. Maybe it was through family. Battle scars. Maybe it was through sickness that you've endured for years upon years, but... Maybe it's family members that you've been really wanting to get saved, but to no avail. It doesn't seem like whatever you do, nothing seems to happen. Battle scars. I'm talking battle scars. Maybe, maybe the enemy has come in and tempted you in ways that you just couldn't believe. The enemy has come in and brought tragedy in your, in your house. Battle scars. And you're hanging on. And the storms of sickness and the storms of trouble, the storms of trial, and in one of those storms, if you don't keep your heart right with God, dead flies begin to enter. Dead flies. Oh, that sounds even better anyway. I can get loud. Dead flies begin to gather. And you, and, and you already know it because you're thinking in yourself. Nobody has to tell you. You're thinking in yourself, I need to do better. I need to change my way of thinking. I need to stop what I'm doing. I need to stop this critical attitude that I have. 
And it's like the beetles in that giant tree that things begin to eat away at you and eat at your heart. And from the inside out, that purity that, that God has placed in your heart, that ointment that God has placed, it begins to crumble. And like the perfume with the dead flies in it, the odor isn't pleasant anymore. You don't like walking around going, you don't like doing that anymore because what you smell is not exactly the what you used to smell years ago. I'm talking about the fragrance of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the preciousness of when God's Holy Spirit moves into a house like he sort of did this morning. And you just simply wanted to raise your hand or come to the altar and give him praise and bless him. But all of a sudden, because of the storms of life over a period of time you've not kept your heart right and you've not gone back to the Lord time and time again and the dead flies of the beetles have come in and begin to eat at you the smell is not it's not where it needs to be little things like pride little things of of simply allowing ourselves to become judgmental of others see all of these little things and I could give you a whole list of them but I'm not this morning but but those little things like that there those are what's called deadly flies Deadly flies that make our life stink before God and our fellow man. Pastor, be a little easier on us this morning. I'm not going to be. Because I'm, I'm going to try to help you this morning. We need, I need to understand this. You understand, when I preach to you, I have to preach it to myself first. Because there's times in my life, Brother Fears, that dead flies try to gather around. Pesky flies. Those, those biting flies. I was out yesterday at, at, uh, at Red Barn and I was getting some mulch. And I was sitting there waiting on the little guy to come and put mulch in my truck. And I was just sitting on a little, little stump there and all of a the sudden these flies showed up. They, they lit on my arm and started biting me. I'd swat them off and they'd light on the other arm. They'd come and light on my legs, light on my neck and they'd start biting me, Sister Mavis. And I didn't like those stinking, pesky flies I don't know why they was allowed to get on the ark in the first place. But they were there. And if it wasn't for the flies, it was mosquitoes. And if it wasn't for the mosquitoes, it was the gnats. That would get in your eyes and get in your nose and go down your throat. And you seem like can't do nothing about it. I'm talking pesky little insects. And all of a sudden in our spiritual walk, if we're not careful, we'll allow those pesky little flies to show up. And those pesky little beetles to show up. In our life, by, by having a critical spirit or, or judgmental of all these other things, and our life begins to stink before the Lord. To stink before the Lord. But you think about this in the heat of the summer, in the Arabian desert country, especially in the days of Solomon, there were flies that would get into everything. Think about it flies that would get into everything. It was hard to keep them out of any open jar. It was hard to keep them out of the tents. I guess it was sort of like having a, a swarm of mosquitoes inside your tent that was humming and buzzing, driving you crazy. Inside, you know what I'm talking about. If you're taking notes, write this down. If Solomon couldn't keep the flies out of the temple of God, say, Pastor, I ain't never heard that before. If you talk, flies was in the temple. Oh, yes, they was. If he couldn't keep them out of the temple of God, who do you think you are that you can keep them out of your temple? Because I promise you live long enough, you're going to have a pesky fly to show up in your temple. This right here. You're going to have a pesky fly to come upon you and you say something you didn't really mean to say. 
You're going to have a pesky fly to show up, and you're going to have a critical thought or a critical spirit that if you're not careful, you'll blurt it out. You didn't really mean to say that and think that in the first place. If you ain't careful, if you live long enough, the pesky flies will show up and make you do things that you thought you'd never have done before. But over a period of time, and over a period of storms, and over a period of decay, and rough things that's happened to you, you'll allow those things to come in. Have you, ever, have, have, you, have you ever laid in bed in the dark and you heard a mosquito buzzing around your head? Have you ever thought about this? It's not, it's not really the buzzing that you need to worry about. It's when you don't hear it anymore. Because you know that that stinking thing has landed somewhere. And what you think is it's, gonna, it's landed on you. And you're going to get bit. And so you, you can't sleep because of, of just wondering where that mosquito is. And you move around a little bit until you hear the, the buzzing and, and all you, until you can't take it anymore. Then you get up and you search violently and, and to, for that little mosquito. When you find that mosquito, I promise you, I don't know if we've got any animal lovers in the house or not, but you're going to kill that thing. You will not put a leash on it and walk it every day. I promise you, you're going to kill that mosquito. And Brother Foy, when that mosquito's gone, you lay back in the bed and, and you get ready to go back to a sleep. And all of a sudden, one of his buddies shows up. And I promise you're going to get up and you're going to find that one. If you've got a fly swatter, you're going to fly that. You're going to swat him. If you've got a hand, you're going to hand him. If you can get him on the floor, you're going to stomp him. Right? I would. Sorry if you love mosquitoes. I don't like them. They bite. And so I'm going to kill those things. And, and, and finally you lay back down and, and, and you just go back to a piece and all of a sudden you hear the same thing over and over again. And when you think about that, that's sort of the kind of way it is with those dead flies that get into the spirit and ruin your peace this morning. You try everything, but they're simply still there. And the apothecary of your life, that perfumer of your life, that sweet aroma of the Holy Ghost in you suddenly has an odor of sin. But you've got a smell. You can't cure the odor of sin. You can't, you can't get rid of the dead flies by yourself. Oh, some of you think you can, but you can't. You can't get rid of them by yourself. The power of sin is too strong for you to overcome sometimes. Willpower isn't enough. Personal sacrifice is not enough. Doing all forms of penance that you can think of will simply not rid you of those pesky little dead flies. Can I tell you that in biblical days, in the temple of God, the priest that would serve in the temple, Brother Sam, they, have, they had specific duties that they had to take care of. One of the duties of the priest was going in there and making sure the ointment, the oil, was fresh. And if they allowed it to stay too long, because of the flies that would get into the Holy of Holies, the holy place, don't lose me, church, because understand you're the temple of God this morning. You're the temple of God. In here, in here somewhere, I've got a holy place. Hello. I've got a holy place that I like to get to every now and then. I've got a holy place that I like to get along with God to, with somewhere. Amen. And I, I like to talk to Him every now and then. And I like to feel what I feel like I felt this morning. Amen. But every now and then, an old dead fly, pesky fly, gets in there. And because of the ointment, smells so good. And because of the ointment in my life, that's got a sweet-smelling fragrance of the Lord God Almighty. That dead fly wants to show up 
He don't land on the wall. He don't land on the Ark of the Covenant. He goes where the ointment is. Hmm, I'm preaching better than you're shouting this morning. And that fly will land in the ointment. And he'll die in that ointment. That sweet-smelling perfume. That sweet-smelling fragrance that is always burnt before the living God. And all of a sudden, Ecclesiastes tells us that dead fly is a putrefied, foul odor in the precious ointment of the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Are you getting this this morning? Because, see, you and I, we walk around every day. We carry the temple with us. As Israel did when they walked around. We carry it with us. We, don't, we may not set up a tent, but it's already, it's already erected. It's already there. And we find ourselves wanting to get to the Holy of Holies. We find ourselves needing a place with God. But all of a sudden we walk in and it don't smell good in here. How do, how do you know that, Pastor? Because we don't do like we normally do. We don't pray like we used to. We're not in the Word of God like we used to. We don't love our fellow man like we used to. We, 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 put all, we, put all of our, we put all of our time outside of the Lord. I'm not talking about church. I'm talking about outside of the Lord. We don't give him the time of day anymore. It's sort of a second-handed thought. He's not the first thing that we think about every morning when we get up. It sort of comes down along the line somewhere. You call it all you want to. And if I'm stepping on somebody's toes, I'm sorry. But this is what, what we've got to understand. God's not willing that you'd give him up for anything. I don't care what it is. Be it family, be it friend, be it tangible thing. It doesn't matter. God is God. God's number one and he's a jealous God. And he needs your love this morning. He needs your relationship this morning. He died for you. He shed his blood for you. He hung on a cruel cross simply for you. And if you was the only one, if you was the only one on earth at that time, he'd have done it anyway. He'd have done it anyway. Sweet ointment. Sweet ointment. The only way you can find complete deliverance is to get before an almighty God once again and get washed anew by the blood of Jesus Christ. You've got to get before a loving God because there's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. Wonder-working power. As the old song says, there's power to cleanse. There's power to overcome. There's power to destroy. His power to, to loose that grip that the enemy has on your soul. Understand, church, there's no power of darkness that can stand against the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And greater is the Spirit of God that is in you than all the dead flies of sin and hell can throw against you. Hallelujah. You can overcome by the blood of the Lamb and your testimony of God's saving grace simply through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But even so, many times the scars that we carry, those things we have to endure, memories of failure, knowledge that you failed God so miserably before. How many knows that, that when those things happen, you tend to hang on to those in your thoughts? And, 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 and I've prayed this prayer, and no doubt you have too. Lord, I've just messed up. I've messed up too many times. I've messed up royally this time, Lord. How can you forgive me? I mean, you've got enough sense to understand, Lord, I've, I've, I've just messed up. And how can you forgive me? I've messed up this temple. How, God, can you forgive me? And the scars of those things, and it's easier. It, it, many times it's... It's, it's easy to accept God's forgiveness, but we can't accept our own forgiveness. It's hard for us to forgive ourselves many times. 
And there's a tremendous amount of damage that can come from the heart of a man or a woman by just a moment of foolishness. One decision. One instant of allowing sin to enter. Just allowing one little fox to get in and spoil the vine. One little pesky fly to get in. One little beetle that gets on the inside and begins to eat from the inside. See, it's not the outside. we got problems in the church house. It's the inside. We can handle the outside temptations. We can handle many times with those coming against the body of Christ on the outside. Boy, we'll stand up we'll fight them. Sometimes we'll even want to duke it out. But it's the inside pest that we have a difficult time with. You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about folk that's supposed to be your friend. I'm talking about folk that's supposed to be your co-worker in Christ. I'm talking about folk that's supposed to be leadership within the church. I'm talking about folk that you think, oh, nothing ever going to happen to them. But all of a sudden, you find that decay starts. And it didn't start just yesterday. Understand, this could have happened months ago. Or it could have happened years ago. And year after year of the battle scars have just eventually eaten through to the outside. We think all of a sudden it just, it just started a week ago, but it didn't. Mm-mm. Talking about pesky little flies and beetles that comes into your life. Can I tell you this morning, church, that you and I as God's people, we need to be on guard. We need to be on guard against the dead flies. Let the sweet aroma of the perfume of the presence of the Holy Ghost in our life, every opportunity we get, let Jesus Christ take residence in our hearts. Let him be the only thing that both God and man will ever sense from us, and that is a love for the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't care what's going on tomorrow. I don't care what's going on next week. I don't care what we've got going on right now in our life, be it good or be it bad. We've got to stand flat-footed and say, Lord, I'm not going to allow the enemy to come in and rob my precious ointment not going to allow the enemy to come in and put dead flies in it we don't need to let our lives become a stench from the odors of dead flies those little sins those little things that begin to accumulate and destroy the love that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ we don't need to allow the enemy to come in and steal our victory today amen hallelujah we don't need to let those flies come in at all Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. That's what the word says, right? Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. At least nothing that we won't allow us to be separated from him. Nothing. No man, nothing of this world, no power of darkness can separate us from the love of God. But you and I can allow dead flies, if we're not careful, to come in and get in our ointment. So we got to be on guard. Keep our hearts right. Keep our minds free from anything that will come between you and between the Lord. I want the musicians to come if they will. We've got to have an attitude of repentance. Have an attitude of repentance for sin. Attitude of thanksgiving, prayer, praise to the Lord. That makes our life something that adds sweetness, goodness to those around us. One thing, one thing we must not forget. One thing we must not forget. When the heart of a Christian becomes overtaken with the things of the world, and you know them and I do too, which are represented in those dead flies, that ointment, Dead flies in the ointment. That's when our attitude will begin to stink and we'll, we'll spread a spiritual poison everywhere we go if we're not careful. Oh, I, don't, I won't do that, Pastor. Oh, yes, you will. I don't care how holy you think you are, but let pesky flies get into your ointment. Let pesky flies. i, I got to confess to you this morning. There's some days I wake up. There's some days I wake up and I... 
I've even made this statement to Karen before. I said, I don't need to see anybody today. I'm not in the right spirit today. <laughs> I, I don't know what I would do. You ever been there? I just don't need to get around people today. Maybe I need to take the day off. Maybe I need to go somewhere and get along with God somewhere. Because it's just one of those days. You know what I'm talking about? Flies that's come in and tried to get in my ointment. Get in my fragrance. Because when that happens, I promise you, you'll, you'll begin to spread spiritual poison everywhere that you go. Every, everybody that you talk to, you'll spread it. We've got to be among the people that spread the life of God to a lost and dying world. To never allow ourselves to become one who spreads the death of rebellion. Among those that are alive in Christ Jesus. And look, when you have somebody to come and they're contagious, I mean they're serving the Lord. Don't be a downer because they're up. Oh, don't, don't, don't look at them and just say, oh, that's, that'll wear off after a few years. Pastor, do people do that? Oh, yeah, good Christian folk do that. They'll get somebody saved, and boy, that person's on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ, and whoo, I mean, everywhere, every, every breath out of their body, they're just breathing the Lord. I mean, they're talking Jesus, and they want, just, they want everybody else to feel what they and experience what they have. And you'll get around to some good Christian brother and sister, and I say, oh, enjoy that for right now, but later on, it, you won't feel that way. Well, shame on you. Shame on us if that's how we are. Why can't we be excited for the Lord Jesus Christ every day? Why can't we be enthusiastic for serving the one who died for us every day? Why can't we shout hallelujah every day of our life simply because of the Lord has come in our life and set us free and set us free from a Satan's hell? Amen. We can. Don't let dead flies make your perfume or that apothecary in your life stink. Don't let him come in and make it stink. Keep a sweet smelling odor and love and peace of God all around you. Hallelujah. Hebrews tells us in chapter 10, verse 19. Paul here he says, he says, Therefore, brethren, have in boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. By a new and a living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And it goes on to say, and let us, talking about you and I, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and to stir up good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching can I tell you this morning I believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is very soon to come I believe he's even at the door and if I believe that this morning and if I believe brother Sam that he's ready to send old Gabriel to blow that trumpet to call his church home would I not be, do you an injustice if I, didn't, if I didn't stand up here on a Sunday morning and said, make sure everything is all right in your life. Give your heart to the Lord. Commit your way into the Lord because the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back after a, a full-blooded church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why I, I, I pray that God has disrupted you this morning. That's why I pray God has shut you up a little bit this morning. 
spiritually speaking. That's why I prayed this morning that God would somebody arrest you this morning and take it over your life today. I want you to bow your heads with me and close your eyes very quickly. And we're going to go. I want to ask you this morning, Pastor, well, I tell you, I feel like I got some flies flying around me right now. I feel like, Pastor, there's some beetles that's come in. Somehow or another, they've got in on the inside. And they're eating away at me. I, I feel them every now and then, but sometimes I don't. I think everything's okay, but there's other times that I feel them creating something in me I don't like. And I feel like I'm decaying from the inside out. If that's you, I want you to get up from your pew and get out of this altar right now. I'm not going to try to force you to come, but you know who you are. I need to be saved this morning. I need to give my heart right with the Lord this morning before he comes. Because I've got a foul odor. I've got a stinking odor in my life, and I don't like it. This is not how I used to be. I'm not as close to God as I used to be. I, something is wrong, and I can't figure it out. You need to get up, and you need to get out of the altar right now. Jesus could come today. He could come today. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm not going to make it easy for you this morning because here's, here's the truth. If I believe the truth is going to set you free, then I'm going to tell you the truth. If you're sitting there this morning and you're lost and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, and if the Lord would come today, you're not going to heaven, I promise you. You're going and you're going to split hell wide open. Your home is in hell if you don't give your heart to the Lord. And with every fiber in my being this morning, I'm asking you and I'm begging you to make the change today. Make the change today. Give your heart to the Lord. Well, Pastor, I feel like I'm okay. No, I'm not asking him into my heart, but I feel okay. You're deceiving yourselves. You're deceiving yourselves. Church member, those of you that's walked with God for some time, what's your attitude like? What do you smell like this morning? Take a spiritual sniff of yourself and see if you like what you smell. If that's you, if, you, if you're sitting there and you're saying, Pastor, I, I don't like it, then you need to be up right now. And you need to get out of this altar right now in the name of Jesus. Whether you're in the balcony, whether you're on this main floor, don't put it off. Don't put it off. You have no promise of tomorrow. You have no promise of tomorrow. None whatsoever. And you know that. I'm not, I'm not just telling you something you don't already know. No promise of tomorrow. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Father, I want to thank you for these words that were spoken this morning. Not because it come from me. But because I believe it came from you. God, I, I thank you that you've pricked our hearts this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you've arrested us today. You've sort of stopped us in our tracks. You've sort of helped us, oh God, get realigned with where we need to be in you. And as these are in this altar today, this morning, praying to you and asking your forgiveness, asking for your touch upon their life today, I pray that you come down in a special, special way. 
and wrap your loving arms around them and let them know that you've forgiven them. You've picked up the burden. You've got rid of the dead flies. You've changed the oil in their temple. And now once again, Lord, it's going to begin to smell fresh. It's going to begin to smell good. It's going to be a sweet-smelling sacrifice as it comes before you. Hallelujah. 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 I want you to stand, church. And if you're not down here already, if you need to come as you stand, I want you to come. But if you see somebody down here at this altar and you, you want to pray for them, I want you to get out of your seat and come. I'm going to go down and I'm going to lay hands on them as well. But I want you to come and just seek the Lord. And just If you can, just stay around just a little bit. And we're going to close in just a few moments.